just things for me. Hello, podcast legends. My name is Ben Greenwood. I am the off-road performance coach. This podcast is to share with you how we do things at Race Ready Off-Road Coaching. If you want to be beast on and off the dirt bike, you've certainly come to the right place. Today, quick little solo episode, is yoga good for flexibility? I often get this question. I often have clients start with me who have been doing yoga, stretching a lot or stretching consistently, but they still don't have that great a mobility. So I thought I'd share with you a couple of thoughts around yoga. It seems to be like a thing that people go for, like obviously when they do want to improve their flexibility. Um, I've definitely been that down the yoga, yoga rabbit hole. Like when I first started experiencing back pain, which was like almost 15 years ago now, uh, and went and saw like a an osteo- osteopath, my therapist, and they obviously suggested doing some stretching and things like that to help alleviate the problem, which it most certainly helped. And I probably went a little bit further down the yoga rabbit hole when I was going through the whole process of uh, completely changing my careers and becoming a coach. And I think it was more about the... I guess the mental side of it that that drew me to it that and I think if you actually like go back and look at the history of yoga and what it's actually I guess its roots that's the whole sort of premise of yoga is it's it's a mindfulness practice it's to bring you into the present moment to focus on your breathing but the actual movement side of it and the the flexibility side of it is not really the primary goal like of proper of yoga at least that's how i understand it anyway it's obviously a side benefit of it but um so that's like my sort of journey with yoga a little bit i got into it a fair bit at one stage there but like i say it was more for me i was like searching for something when i was like going through anxiety and all of these types of things i was like searching for something to help improve my I guess my mental state more so than improve my flexibility at that time when I personally went down the yoga rabbit hole a bit more so now that I've learned like a lot more about strength a lot more about mobility how the nervous system works I thought I'd share with you a few things if you do like again most people they go and do yoga because they want to improve their flexibility, which is a worthy goal. It's a worthy investment of your time to improve your flexibility. Anyone who races dirt bikes will know that as the years tick by, that if you've picked up a couple of injuries, uh, all of a sudden, a couple of decades go past and you can't touch your toes or you can't put your shoes on in the morning or you can't do a push-up on the floor and bend your wrist all the way back or whatever it might be. Like I've had clients who can't straighten their elbows, literally cannot straighten their elbows. 
because we don't really straighten our elbows a lot in day-to-day life. If you haven't trained in a gym and done some strength training and you ride your dirt bike a lot and you just go about your day, normally you don't really straighten your elbows. You don't have to straighten your elbows fully. So I've literally had clients that physically cannot fully extend their elbows simply because they just haven't done it for decades and decades. So that's my first, I guess, point with the the yoga thing is our body will always adapt to its environment. So we're basically like a product of our environment. So if you potentially have a job that's a repetitive uh, motion, or you sit at a desk or drive a vehicle all day, eight, 10, 12 hours a day sitting down, even like cycling, that's like an activity that a lot of people do to be active, healthy, definitely a good thing to do. But again, it's a repetitive, we're not really using any full ranges of motion when we're cycling. So if you're stacking hours and hours of, of cycling on top of each other, our body will basically adapt to that, our environment. So the, the positions we spend the most amount of time in, hours every day, days every week, weeks, months, years, decades, our body basically like adapts to them. So if we get to this point where we've come to and we're like, okay, my mobility isn't as good as it used to be, I want to fix that. Just doing like one yoga session a week is literally going to do almost nothing in terms of improving our flexibility. So freak, that is the number one thing, first off. If you are going to do something like yoga or just any type of mobility, work, stretching, yoga, whatever you choose to to chase in terms of improving your mobility and your flexibility just doing it once a week is not going to get you very far very quickly because if you look at that one day compared to the other six days where you're potentially spending all of that time sitting down or in a repetitive motion for hours and hours and hours every day one day a week is not going to undo that It's not frequent enough for our brain to learn that it's safe to move into these other ranges of motion. So it'll just default back to what it knows 90% of the time. So if we want to improve our flexibility, so don't get me wrong, if, if just to come back to the yoga thing, like doing yoga like once a week, if you're doing like a proper yoga session with a proper yoga teacher, there will be like a, 10 to 15 minute meditation at the end of it and breath work. So that's definitely like definitely worthwhile doing. I'm not saying don't do the weekly yoga session if that's what you're doing and and you find value in that. It's definitely a good thing to do. If you really want to improve your flexibility and you want to accelerate that journey, frequency is the key. So we want to be working on that more frequently so when you do things more frequently you don't have to do as much volume you don't have to do an hours long session if you're going to do it every single day 
it might just even be like a little 10 minute routine that you've got that hits the areas maybe it's hip flexors or glutes or whatever it is that that is your limiting factor that you want to accelerate quickly you might just have a little 10 minute routine that you hit you could like 10 minutes is pretty easy to do twice a day you could do it when you get up you could do it before you go to bed pretty easy to fit that into anyone's routine with this sort of stuff mobility like the more passive forms of mobility yoga stretching you don't need equipment to do it you can do it on your bedroom floor literally as soon as you get out of bed before you go to bed so that's my number one tip there is if you are going to go down the the yoga and stretching and those more passive forms of mobility work frequency is the key you you want to get yourself a little routine that you can fit in at least once a day and hit it frequently once a week is not enough so then we need to incorporate and this is where the strength training component comes in is our it's it's very possible that the reason your brain your nervous system doesn't want to enter particular ranges of motion is because it is weak our brain is always like the overarching principle of or the overarching goal of our brain is for us to survive and for us to not get hurt so that's why the brain will send a signal maybe it's pain or maybe it's tightness if it doesn't feel safe in a particular range of motion maybe it's an end range of motion where you're like like your hip flexors are going to the end range or maybe it's stability around the knee if it doesn't feel safe there if it doesn't feel strong there it will send a signal of either instability pain or potentially tightness it'll be like hang on a minute i haven't been there like i haven't been into that range of motion for a decade we're not going there today and it's like tightens up and protects it so when we think about improving flexibility those more passive forms, stretching, yoga, things like that, definitely a good entry point when you're starting and you're super tight because like, although it's more passive, a stretch is still a very, very low level strength exercise. We're just using our own body weight to enter that end range of motion. So we're stretching, say like a hip flex is a very simple one for most people to understand. If you if you've ever done something like a couch stretch or even just like a basic runner stretch where you pull your heel up to your bum and stretch your quad, where pulling the quad and the hip flexors into that end range of motion and we're using another part of our body, whether that be our hand to pull our foot up or if it's if we're up against a wall, we're like leaning back with our upper body to pull the quad and the hip flexors into that end range of motion. So we're using a tiny percentage of our body weight to pull ourselves into that end range and we're holding it. It's like an isometric hold. We're holding that position for a, a period of time. So it is like, it's a very, very low level isometric strength exercise using our own body weight, if you can think of it like that. So it's a great entry point. Like I say, if you're super tight and you haven't, like being into these end ranges for a long time, then it's a great entry point to begin just getting a feel for 
and letting your brain trust these positions again. Because that's what we need to do. We need if we want our if we want to improve our flexibility, our brain needs to trust that we can go into these positions and it can be safe, that we have the strength there to handle these positions under load, under various velocities, etc. So again, the stretching, very good starting point. However, if we really want to progress that and and train our brain and our nervous system to feel safe and to feel strong in those positions, we need to load those positions. So this is where in our strength training, we want to be incorporating things like loaded mobility. So loaded mobility exercise might be a movement where, where we are entering those end range of motions, but we might be like using a little bit of external load. So instead of just using our body weight in a sort of more of a passive stretch, we might be holding on to a dumbbell or a kettlebell or some form of external load that's helping to pull us further into the end range. And then it's also providing some load. So when we move out of that end range, we're strengthening that end range as well. So we've got loaded mobility and then we've just got our full range of motion strength training where we're getting strong with external load, whether that be dumbbells, kettlebells, a barbell on your back or whatever it might be, but we're doing it through a full range of motion. So an example, a simple example of that is just like a full range of motion squat. If you want like a, on the, the other extreme end of that is doing a couch stretch with your quad, with your foot up against the wall and you're lengthening your quad. So your knees bending all the way to full full flexion. That's a passive test of knee flexion. Doing a full depth squat, full range of motion, grass squat, same thing. Our, our quad and our knee is going into that end range of motion. So it's full range knee flexion. However, we're holding onto a load, whether that might just be a goblet squat at the start when you're holding onto a dumbbell or a kettlebell on your chest, or you might have progressed to having a barbell as the load as you get stronger. So we're loading that end range of motion of deep knee flexion with external load. So we're not just trying to improve our flexibility by stretching it, we're strengthening that end range of motion. So that's just one example. So that's what allows us to truly progress our flexibility is to load the ranges. The, the ranges that we're stretching into more passively, we want to figure out ways how to load them. And that's just simply, again, coming back to what we sort of touched on at the start is it's training our brain to feel safe in those ranges of motion. Then our brain can like relax a little bit. Be like, okay, I feel safe here. This is okay we can go into this range of motion. I'm not gonna tighten up, I'm not gonna protect it. I'm gonna allow myself to move into this position a little bit further and a little bit deeper. And over time, that progresses. So again, stretching, yoga, these more passive types of flexibility, great tool for sure, but you wanna be incorporating loaded mobility and then full range of motion strength training within your strength program so if you look at your average week maybe you're doing two strength sessions a week 
and then maybe you're in doing some more frequent, like I said, maybe a little 10 minute mobility routine or something a few mornings a week. So over the course of your week, when you look at your seven days, instead of just doing yoga one for one hour, once a week, over the course of your week, you might be getting four, five exposures where you're improving your range of motion. So then it becomes this frequency thing starts to override your normal environment. So we can begin to undo that. We can begin to undo that, I guess, that these positions that we have adapted to because we're changed it. We've, we have changed our environment more frequently. One day a week out of seven is not frequent enough to change our overall environment. When we do it more frequently and we begin to bring these positions into our strength training, then we start to change the environment. So an example of that, like how we run it on race ready live program and my one-to-one clients this is just a, a very brief example in our warm-up we normally do some lower level forms of the movement we are about to train so in this example there's we the main strength exercise would be a front squat so in the warm-up we might do some like body weight or goblet squats like just with a very, very light weight, but we're really emphasizing a full range of motion. We might do some high volume calf raises at body weight to generate some blood flow. And we might do like an isometric split squat hold. So we're generating a lot of blood flow into the lower limbs. And we're also performing a low level version of the movement pattern that we're about to do with a heavier weight. So that's an example of our warm-up. And then on the end of that little warm-up, we would do what's called the world's greatest stretch. So it's just more of a, it's not a stretch per se because you're not really holding any positions. It's more of a dynamic sort of movement flow. It's pretty common, like basically every gym you go to will do it in their uh, warm-up routine. It just hits basically every part of the body, the hammies, the glutes, hip flexors, thoracic rotation, just a good little dynamic movement flow that you can run through. So we generally, a lot of our warm-ups would tack that onto the end. So that little warm-up might take you like seven minutes. Then we're going, we would do some deep tier plyos. So plyometrics where it's a deeper range of motion. So at the moment in the program we've got, in the Race Ready Live program, we've got one of the days we've got a, a front foot elevated deep lunge leap. So we're in a split stance, which is basically like a split squat. Front foot's up on a 20 kilo plate or a 45 pound plate, about a, like three, four inch little step. And we're just bouncing, leaping up on the spot in that split squat position and landing. And when we land with our front foot elevated, we're forcing ourselves down into a deeper range of knee flexion, but mostly hip flexion. Like we're getting a really good amount of hip flexion there, which is lengthening the glute. And we're also lengthening the quad a little bit, but it's more dynamic. So it's it's not like super fast in terms of velocity, but it's faster than we would drop into that range of motion when we're doing a squat with a heavy weight. When we're doing heavy exercises, the movement's quite slow and very, very controlled. So these deep tier plyos, it's more dynamic. So we're lengthening 
our glute and our quad in a more dynamic nature. So they're really good for just look like, for want of a better term, like lubing up the hips and the knees. They just generate some blood flow and we're training the, the quads, the glutes to lengthen, contract and relax in that deeper range of motion. Like a lot of the other plyometric work we do is like more reactive and higher intensity at like where it's a very, very short range of motion where we're working on just popping off the floor. Um, these deeper ranges have the added benefit of lengthening. So we're getting a lot more length through the glutes and the quads um, in these particular movements. So that would be something that we'd squeeze in sort of in between the warm up and before the main lift, which in this example is a front squat. I'm a fan of a front squat because most people when they front squat will perform a much more upright squat pattern and get a lot deeper. If you're not ready to be using a barbell yet, you can do it just with a couple of dumbbells. You can get a really good uh, workout just holding a couple of dumbbells on your chest. You can elevate your heels to get a nice deep squat pattern, vertical upright torso, placing a lot of load into the glutes, oh, sorry, into the quads, also the glutes, but mostly the quads. Again, we just want to be achieving that full knee flexion. So the goal of using a sort of a front squat variation and elevating the heels is we're getting all the way down at the bottom to the point where our calves are touching our hamstrings. So we're getting a full range of motion through the quads. Again, full range of motion through the hips as well, hip flexion, really good for lengthening the glutes, the quads, and being able to produce force from there. So all of our workouts, we perform active rest. So when we're resting for the next set, say it's a 90 second rest before that next set of front squats, we might throw like an upper body mobility exercise in there. So in this example, it might be something simple like finger push-ups. So instead of just sitting there, scrolling through Insta, waiting for your next set to come around for 90 seconds, we can be performing finger push-ups as reps, like to hit that extension through obviously the fingers, the palms, the wrist into the bottom of the forearm. Really good one. So that would be something I commonly do if we've got a lower body strength exercise, we would perform an upper body mobility exercise as active rest. Then we might move on to the next superset once we've performed all of the sets of the front squat and the finger push-ups as active rest, we might have an upper body superset. Might just be something basic like an upper body push-pull. And because we've just loaded the quads and the hips in the, in the front squat, we might do some sort of hip mobility as the active rest in the upper body superset. So we could do something as basic like a couch stretch or we could do even something like a cobra stretch which is is actually good for getting into the hip flexors but also opening up the lower back and the abs as well that just gives you like a bit of an idea of how you can structure a session so you're not just getting stronger you're also working on your mobility all the way through the workout and not just like tacking on a bit of passive stretching at the end like i remember when i very first did start strength training uh, again, when it was kind of just off the back of having back pain, our stretching, it would be that runner stretch, It'd be like pull the heel up to the bum for like 30 seconds at the end of the session, that elbow behind the head one, just to give the tricep a bit of a stretch. We'd hit that for 30 seconds. It was basically just like the stretches that you did 
at football training when you were 13 years old for 30 seconds each, that's it. You're done. You do that for 30 seconds each muscle group on the end of your workout. That's your stretch and done. Go home. And all of the strength training was partial range of motion. So <laughs> it's that's what most people do for their mobility work or their stretching. So what I just listed there as an example is a way that you can incorporate particular exercises and movements into your entire workout. So you're working on your mobility throughout each session. When you do that every time you go into the gym and you stack those bricks consistently week after week after week, you will begin to see that your mobility will improve. It, like it has to. So an example of where we would include more sort of longer duration passive stretching, like like things like your couch stretch and your pigeon stretch, things like that for the glutes, um, for the glutes and the hips, I should say. Really good time to incorporate some of that is after your longer duration cardio effort. So say you do, you go out for a, a 90 minute cycle or a two hour cycle or a, a 10K run or a 10K row or whatever it is, something that like it's a longer duration, repetitive motion. After that, when you finish, really good time to hit some, like the basic ones that I always like to hit is just couch stretch and pigeon stretch because we're opening up the hip flexors, opening up the glutes, which both of those areas around the hips can tighten up when we're performing some sort of repetitive motion for long durations. So that's a great time once you've finished I always just like to hit a couple of minutes each of those when I get home. Um, and it literally does make a difference. I feel like makes a difference as to how I feel in the hours after that and the next day. Like if I do a big mountain bike ride or something like that, or I do a big session on the rower and I hit those stretches after it, I've noticed the difference to how I feel the next day than when I don't do them. If I'm in a bit of a rush, I'm like, ah, oh, screw it, I won't do it today. Just get the session done and move on. I'd notice the difference when I when I don't do it the next day. Like I feel, not that I feel like any pain or anything like that, but you know, I'm just mean that like you can notice the difference between how your muscles feel when you spend like three, four, five minutes after the effort stretching down as opposed to when you don't. So like everything, intent matters. If you're going to do those like a couch stretch and pigeon stretch, like those more passive forms, the intent matters. So you need to do it for a long, like 30 seconds isn't enough. You need to spend like literally minutes, a couple of minutes, a few minutes, and really bring the intent to using your breath to moving into those, to lengthening the muscle and moving into those end ranges. So it's like the volume needs to be up there a little bit higher than just your, your random 30 second effort. And the intent needs to be there as well. Like everything really, like, like everything, volume and intent makes the difference. So like I say, that little example, you could go back, write that down. That's how we do it on uh, Race Ready Live program. And any of my one-to-one -one clients, like I'd obviously just personalize that process for them. So if they have a particular area of mobility that is outstandingly lacking that we want to accelerate really quickly, then we would sort of personalize that 
to address that as quickly as we could to, to level that up. But again, like for the average person, like everything is a limiting factor, especially when it comes to mobility, everything is tight. So just like spreading that out across your average training week is going to bring most people the best result. So that's it for today. Quick one. Hopefully there was a little bit of value in there for you if you are trying to improve your flexibility. Like I say, it is a very, very worthy journey to embark on improving your mobility and your flexibility. And it is a big part of what we do on Race Ready Programs. It's a big part of what I have experienced progress with in my own personal journey and many of my clients have too. So we definitely prioritize it in Race Ready Programs. And yeah, we, we definitely bust that myth. I believe that like there's a lot of people that think getting strong and like ends up making you stiff, which is just not true. That can be true if you just train partial ranges of motion and just jack the weights up all the time and, and never enter those end ranges of motion. Don't do any mobility work. That can definitely happen. Like you can definitely get tighter as and jacked up as you get strong, but it's pretty easy for that not to happen. It's pretty easy to get strong and improve your mobility at the right time when you know how to structure your training sessions and, and have the everything laid out in there to, to, to balance it all out and address all of those areas. So that's it for today. Uh, we will get another episode out with the guest, hopefully. Had a little bit of an issue lining up a uh, time slot this week but we should have that guest episode out later this week uh keep an eye out for that one and that's what i was going to say is uh, thank you all for who have kept listening this far um q a podcast episode for december we're coming up to december so that will be coming out next week so i will put my email address in the show notes of this episode if you want to send me a question for the listener Q&A for December, which I will record next week, which will be about seven days from now. Uh, You can shoot me through an email to that email address or a DM on Instagram. Either way, one is fine and we'll get that included for you on that next episode, next listener Q&A episode. Otherwise, again, I appreciate you all. Thank you for listening and we will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.